Welcome to Singapore's Real Estate Explained Podcast. Listen up, providing you with bite-sized real estate information you can trust and motivation on the go. Proudly presented by your host, Jervis Isaiah Ung, millionaire real estate broker, real estate coach, and investor. Powered by JNA Real Estate, the real estate brand of our generation. We are back at it again and welcome to our first ever episode of the Millionaire Investor Series for 2021. And this episode will be very interesting because for all those investors out there who are looking or looking back as to whether 2020 was a good year to invest, today's topic is why was the market so receptive despite the pandemic in 2020? Stay tuned. All right, so welcome to our first ever episode of the 2021 Millionaire Investor Series. And I believe that those who are watching this episode right now, you are either investors or you're going to be investors yourself, right? So the objective of this entire episode going into 2021 is to provide as much value as we can so that we are able to give you all the information you need when investing in property specifically to Singapore's market, right? Today's topic is about why the Singapore market was so resilient during the COVID-19 pandemic, right? To be really honest with you, when WHO officially announced on the 31st of December 2019 that the COVID-19 outbreak has officially started, I was very excited. And the reason behind that was because I really wanted to see whether Singapore's real estate market would crash. And of course, I was a little worried for the lives, you know, for that were affect that were affected by this. That will be going to be affected. You know, that will be affected by this COVID nineteen outbreak. Uh, but being in Singapore, I think we're relatively safe. We have a really good government, so I don't think much will happen. But to be very honest with you, I was very excited because a lot of my clients who have met me previously did mention that this pandemic would severely affect or would be severely detrimental to property prices. So we have seen a whole slew of cooling measures right, in place by the government since 2013. And even in 2018, we have seen the government increasing the additional buyer stamp duties to 5%. I was constantly telling my clients this, right, that the market is actually very stable. The fundamentals are really sound. So there is no reason why the market would crash even during a recession or even during a pandemic. Uh, to be really honest with you, most of my clients did tell me that you know this would not be true because they really have been through the Asian financial crisis in 996 up till the subprime crisis in 2008. And they have seen properties going through the whole boom and bust cycle. In the past, there were people who can make millions of dollars through a property transaction. And currently in the present, we see that property prices are actually very stable when growing, right? So my uh, argument was this, that the government has already put in place plenty of artificial cooling measures and that the government really has got it sorted out. That the market is actually very stable right now. Of course, when you invest in properties, right, you need to be able to understand what you're investing. You need to be able to afford them. And most importantly, you need to make sure that the entry price when you're buying the property is important. So that's the caveat when you're investing in property. And if a property is fair value, right, I personally think that you should not wait for the time to crash. So during the first month leading into the pandemic, we saw the Straits Time articles that was that was published that Wing Tai sold 70% of the M during launch weekend and it was very funny because when i saw that particular photo i saw that there were many individuals who were wearing masks into the show flat purchasing properties right and on the 23rd of february 2020 we also see that cna published this article that new private home sales actually rebounded after the year-end holiday and it was the strongest showing in seven years and even in february we saw that new home sales jumped 57 points 
3%. The market did actually slow down after that and the reason behind that was because the government actually put in place the circuit breaker measures to prevent individuals from actually viewing properties physically which actually greatly hampered how properties should be purchased. All in all, we saw that home sales rebounded in the second quarter of 2020 after the end of the circuit breaker that happened from April 7th to June 1st. And of note, about 80% of new home private uh, new private homes were sold in the first nine months of 2020 and most of them were bought by Singaporeans, representing the highest proportion since 2010 according to the realist data. There were many speculations that happened in the market when circuit breaker happened. On, ground, on the ground, we also heard clients saying that the market is going to crash because foreigners are no longer going to come in to buy properties, which may not be entirely true because I've sold a couple of properties with uh, two foreigners uh, via Zoom and via you know all the online platforms that we had through our virtual viewings and through our home tours. Uh, but during the circuit breaker, you know, consumers actually became more comfortable with digital property marketing and virtual viewings. And that was the reason why JNA started the JNA Log series. And that was actually an adaptation to adapt the market to make sure that you know, we are able to sell properties virtually as well. And they also probably had more time to evaluate their real estate portfolio and investment plans. So this entire circuit breaker period, it allowed individuals to come in, to sit down with the family and to say that, hey, let's reorg our real estate investment portfolio. And that's the reason why you saw there were plenty of pent up demand that happened before circuit breaker and right after circuit breaker as well. And in the first nine months of 2020, there were 2,362 transactions in the core central region, in the CCR region, which was the city-state's highest price homes, according to the data from you know, Singapore's uh, Urban Redevelopment Authority, URA. That compares with only 1,962 homes that were sold over the same period in 2019. So the first factor as to why the market was still so resilient in the Singapore's market specifically, despite the COVID-19 pandemic was because of the government's cooling measures, right? The government's cooling measures has played a huge part in preventing the fall of prices during such crisis. And the series of cooling measures that were rolled out by the government in the previous years placed the property market on really firm footing. Heading into this crisis, they led to limited speculative activity, households purchasing homes prudently and home prices moving more in line with economic and income growth. The property market today is stable and should see sustainable growth for the near future because this was not the case in past crises where the property market seemed to go through this boom and bust cycle. So when the dot-com bust actually happened in the year 2000 to 2001, Singapore recorded a full year GDP contraction of 1.1% and the private property price index actually plunged 11.7% that year. And in 2003, when the previous pandemic happened, which was SARS, it hit Singapore, private property prices actually posted a 2.1% decline for a full year before recovery covering in the year 2004. And what followed was 17 quarters of growth where prices increased by 58% from quarter two of 2004 to quarter two of 2008 before the subprime crisis happened. And the price growth actually halted following the global financial crisis, which saw home values fall by 23% from quarter three 2008 to quarter two 2009. I have the graph in front of me now and we can see it. Then came another wave of price increase and that was crazy. Over 17 quarters from the second half of 2009 when the market actually recovered from the subprime crisis to quarter three of 2013 when the government decided to do one of the most amazing things that actually really could the market where you see before that values were jumping by 40% and that was when the flurry of cooling measures actually came in by the government to cool the entire market. And after June 2013, measures were in place, property 
prices actually begin to move in a more orderly manner, as you can see from the graph, following a couple of quarters of sharper price rise in 2018, when the fresh cooling measures that the government increased the ABSD by 5% were officially introduced in July 2018, right? So for many homeowners and investors out there, the various cooling measures, right, total debt servicing ratio that was limited, the additional buyer stamp duty that was increased, the seller stamp duty, the lowered LTV ratio, the loan to value ratio, will help them make more prudent property buying decisions. You know, one thing about property prices is that usually we see prices crash because there was a bubble form. And if you go and look at the UBS research, right, it is already stated clearly that Singapore's bubble risk is actually very, very low because the growth of our income to our home price ratio is actually very, very stable. And now, currently, we see the households are leveraging lesser on property purchases and they have better holding powers when the going gets tough. That's why you can see that nowadays, right, from previous generations, our parents' generations, they have plenty of savings. And even if their business were to go bust, even if things were to go south, you will see that they have plenty of savings to keep their properties. And that's the reason why you see there was very little fire sale during the pandemic timings, right? So a lot of individuals out there who are looking for fire sales, I can assure you that there's going to be very little fire sales in the market. And the reason behind that is because people have enough savings to tide through the tough times. And that was the reason why the inclusion and the introduction of the cooling measures actually did really curb and eliminate speculation in the market. So that's the reason why in the past you see people making a lot of money, but I believe most also have heard horror stories of people losing millions of dollars through a singular property transaction. And the second factor as to why the market was still so resilient during the COVID-19 pandemic was because of the solid fundamentals that Singapore has, right? Singapore is known to be one of the biggest and one of the best educational centers in the entire world. We are known to be a safe and clean nation and in terms of political stability we are actually one of the top and we are a competitive and a pro-business and we have a competitive and pro-business environment and there's a reason why there are many foreign investors who are still looking to purchase Singapore properties and this is really amazing because the outlook for property prices for the mid to the long term is going to be extremely stable and when you look at the different cooling measures that the government has introduced right most of them even though it's an increment for foreigners right compared our taxes and levies to the other countries near by, even in the Southeast Asian region, we are actually very competitive as well. And with our very competitive tax environment, you know that foreign investors will come in. So the third factor as to why our property prices are still so resilient in 2020, even though we had a pandemic, is that there's very little speculative demand, as you can see, and sentiments wouldn't drive fire sale in the market, right? Nowadays, as mentioned previously, owners have plenty of cash on hand, they have savings on hand, and they can keep the properties. And if we are in a market where there was very little speculation, there's very it's not sentiment based then you will understand why there's no bubble risk at all so if there's no bubble risk in our market you don't have to wait for the bubble to burst because you know why why there's no bubble risk in our market because the government is always looking out and if there's any signs of consistent growth that is a bit too bullish in the market you will be certain that cooling measures will come down all right so when you are purchasing a property right when you are watching this millionaire investor series you have to make sure that you are able to afford the property right don't go into any property purchase or invest you know, if you cannot hold the property for more than five years, right, go and meet a financial consultant or a real estate broker to make sure that your finances are well sorted out before you buy a property because you don't want to be in a situation where you have to fire sell your own property. 
Okay, so in this episode, I hope I managed to share some of the insights as to why the market is resilient. And not only that, why our market is still going to be resilient, right? And in summary, it's because our government has done a really good job. And if you are still waiting for the perfect time, I'm going to assure you this, that prices in the market is still going to rise. Definitely going to rise bullishly, but it's going to rise steadily. And we have seen this. 2015, we see that in the OCR market, prices was about 1,000 per square foot. Now in the 2020 market, we see that OCR market prices already 1,005. I'm not going to say that in 2025 in the OCR market is going to be 2000 but we have seen developments like Sengkang Grand Residences that's going at about 1008 plus PSF we have seen different developments that are in the border of the OCR regions that are going about 1007 1008 PSF so don't wait anymore don't wait for the perfect time to buy right but rather wait for the perfect price to enter so you need to go and watch our videos on how you can select the property at the correct entry price because that is the most important factor when investing in a property not the timing of the market so i hope that you have enjoyed this episode of the millionaire investor series and if this really have benefited you or you feel that some of your friends would love this share with them right hope that this benefits them as well okay and if you love our channel please subscribe to our channel leave some comments down the section below and if you have any questions leave it down below i'll try my best to answer all of them and thank you so much for watching this episode of the millionaire investor series